Father Neil's a great guy. He's, uh, I believe, originally from Rugby, North Dakota, and uh, and and he uh, actually knows uh, my sister-in-law. Went to school with her at uh, University of Mary. Oh, that's so, fantastic! Yeah. So, uh, Father Neil, I, I work with him a lot, and he's a he's a terrific guy, and he'll be really good for this. He is, and we're just asking our listeners to call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two with your conversation, with your questions for Father Neil Pfeiffer. You know, we we try and stump the priest. Uh, it's uh, he's a good one. He, they're all good, but he's excellent. I really enjoy Father Neil Pfeiffer. If you want to talk about life in the Spirit, uh, any questions with the Holy Spirit, he is just fantastic. There's so many things we can talk about. could be something current in the news, um, you know, something going on in your area. How about outdoor fun? Lots of outdoor fun and how good that is for your soul. I drove back from our lake vacation to do this show, then I'm heading right back out to the lake. <laughs> yeah, playing I, today. Oh, I spent all day out in a kayak and fishing yesterday, and who knows today, it's going to be something on the water. <laughs> so, we welcome Father Neil Pfeiffer. How are you this morning? I am doing great. How are you? Wonderful. Uh, As Father Larry Richard says, I am blessed. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are blessed to have you. The number again, 877-795-0122. Let's get right into it, Father Pfeiffer. Um, uh, we want to talk a little bit about uh, seminary formation and getting your kids involved and, and fostering vocations. Uh, as a priest, uh, recall your, uh, your, your time uh, in your formation and uh, maybe how important it was to get your family involved in that. It's very important to get your family involved because there's guys I went to seminary with whose parents did not support their vocation. That I must can't, be hard. I can't imagine what the, those guys are going through to be able to answer a call when you're objected in your own family and your family does not support you. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, I know that through the process, the guy eventually discerned out because he believed he had a call but was not able to fulfill the call because he did not have the financial means and support from the family to help him. That is really sad. And, and so uh, you, I, am, I assume you did have that support. Absolutely. Mom and dad were 100% supportive. Uh, my family, my brothers and sisters. Um, in fact, my nieces and nephews asked, why are you going to the cemetery? <laughs> they couldn't say seminary when I started. It was a cemetery. I'll be there eventually, but not quite yet. Well, you know, I told I told some servers I had mass at one of my parishes where I'm an administrator the other day, and you know, usually when the servers serve their first funeral, I always say, you know why they're putting fences around the cemeteries, right? And the servers will all look at me and smile, and it's like, because they're all dying to get in. Uh-huh. <laughs> the oldie but goodie. <laughs> 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 On that note, I'm giving out the number again. We need you callers. <laughs> You're the ones who make this show. 877-795-0122. You can also send your questions on Facebook if you would like to uh, submit them that way as well. And anything you'd like to visit about, uh, please call Father Neil Pfeiffer. Ask him a question. Uh, he's fantastic. Anonymous from my so we have uh, we have an anonymous uh, question. Um, yesterday was Saint John Vianney's day. He was at a ours um, in France. Correct. Uh, have you been there? Yes. Uh, if, if you and tell what was the most moving uh, to your heart and 
how maybe you try to imitate him because he's basically the uh, the patron saint of priests, is he not? He is a patron saint of Paris feasts, and his feast day is August fourth. And um, I was fortunate enough when I was in seminary to go on a five day silent retreat at his tomb. When you go to his tomb, the man's been dead for 150 years. He's incorrupt. That means his body has not decayed or broken down. And um, the the retreat was so beautiful because studying his priesthood, how many hours a day he would spend in the confessional. 18 hours, and you got to see the, the pulpit he preached from. And here was a man who couldn't even pass his Latin class. His bishop ordained him. I mean, he couldn't get Latin, and he struggled with his studies. And in his struggles, struggles, the bishop eventually ordained him and said, well, I'm going to send you out in a place, in a community, where you're not really going to make a difference. (laughs) But what I find fascinating, having been in ours, is they put railroads. Because people would come. He was able to read souls. People would come to him for confession, and um, they'd, they'd confess their sins. And, of course, he'd say... Well, what about your um, your horrific lifestyle? You're not saying anything to God about that task. And he was able to read souls, and he was able to set a lot of people free. I love St. John Vianney, and he's, uh, he's near and dear to my heart. And uh, just having been at his tomb, having had that experience, Father Fred Miller gave us a retreat. He was a faculty at Mount St. Mary's where I studied, and uh, on the virtues of the priest and the heart of the priest. And if I'm not mistaken, I know... I'm closer to the Bismarck Diocese. So I know the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit had his heart. Mm-hmm. We had um, it here on May yeah. 29th. Yeah. We had the heart of St. John Vianney. And what here. was beautiful, and I went to Bismarck, because Bismarck is where I go for most of my hospital calls. I went to the Cathedral that day, and they were lined up, packed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They were packed, and the, the amount of faithful that, you know, I, I, it inspired me. It inspired me in a deep way, because... The faithful lining up, I mean, here's the heart of a saint. How often do you get to see a heart of a saint? And it's, it, there were a lot of people at the, uh, at the cathedral as well, and we were able to have a, a solemn Mass as well. Uh, yeah, with Bishop, the Bishop. Bishop mm-hmm. Folda celebrated yeah. that Mass, and, and it was quite the experience. And, and the night before, uh, they had the, uh, uh, the heart of St. John Vianney in the uh, Adoration Chapel, the Our Lady of Guadalupe mm-hmm. Adoration Down Chapel at the Mary's. cathedral. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and just, just a beautiful procession to bring it there and it was it was quite moving i i can understand where you're where you're coming from yeah. and and that that is so important uh relics and the lives of saints in our lives it's just so so important well, of it's, course I'm and glad you, know, you brought that up saint alphonsus last was celebrated on august 1st has got a beautiful quote and um i think it's a great lead-in to saint john vianney because saint alphonsus once said that uh many people try to perfect themselves in virtue and holiness apart from Christ. And apart from Christ, it doesn't make sense. And that's why I think it's important, even informing our kids, as you talk about locations, that we form the kids with a holistic approach. And many pe- many schools think it's a holistic approach, but if you're missing the spirituality and the God component for the soul, it's a difficult task to form the whole individual. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why, you know, the, the saints inspire us to be, yeah. Right. Live holy lives like them. You know, we have a, um, a question on Facebook from Rick. Thank you, Rick, for your, your comment here. Is there time in purgatory? 
Time is defined as an element of change. Any change represents time. God is perfect, therefore he never changes and there is no time in dimension. In purgatory, we are cleansed of our imperfections to to before entering heaven. Therefore, this seems to meet the definition of time. So, therefore, the question is, is there time in purgatory? That's a great question, and I think it needs to be answered because in heaven there is no time. And I don't think the time in purgatory is like we think of time as a day, as a year. But there is time spent for the uh, purification purposes. Because, you know, I, when I always tell people when I do a funeral, I said, if I die someday, please pray for me. Please pray for me because I'm not perfected. I'm perfected only by the grace of God. Right. And that's why how much time, time as a new uh, dimension using that time, yeah, there will be time spent there, but is it days and weeks and years like you and I think of that? And I think that ceases mm-hmm. when we die because we mm-hmm. enter into eternity. And when you enter into eternity, you can't talk about time. Because mm-hmm. in Scripture says, one day... Oh my goodness, we're still cutting the lawns. Yeah, the, the three lawnmowers have gone by. So I can tell you, time is linear here, and then they're coming through one right after the other. They're coming through one after another. Yeah, but the idea, the idea is, we, you know, one day in in, in the mind of God is not like could be a thousand years. Right. I mean, right. is it? That's that's a difficult question to answer. But I think you're looking at time from two different dimensions. Yeah, would be my answer. Okay. Oh, well, thank you so much, Rick, for the question. It's a fantastic one. So please, uh, more comments on Facebook, questions on Facebook, or call 877-795-0122. Father Pfeiffer, he will have the answers. Fantastic. I'd like to bring something up with Father Pfeiffer. Um, and uh, a question I have. A uh, lot of folks uh, have young children who are involved in sports. Um Many times, uh, and this is usually it's pre-high school, uh, those activities are on Sunday morning. And in rural areas like where, where you are administering and where you are a pastor, that can be a problem if there's only one Mass to go to on Sunday. What, um, Bishop Folda uh, addressed it in a column in the June New Earth a little bit. But you as a rural parish priest, um, what are your thoughts on that? What when parents face that kind of a conundrum, what do they do? I want to even take you back a step further because yesterday in North Dakota, a law passed mm-hmm. that all stores can be open Sunday mornings. I think God's got a sense of humor that he used that gospel this weekend. What are we building? Are we building our heart? Are we building our ego or our pocketbook? Is it about possessions? Is it about what we do? I think the question is, who are we? Okay. That sometimes gets overlooked because so many people get so involved that they're not even eating family meals together anymore. You know, in a small community, kids are overextended. You have FFA. I mean, you got DECA. You got volleyball. You got wrestling. You got basketball. Here in Fargo, I suppose you can add hockey and soccer. But the thing is, is one thing I really respect on my faithful where I serve is Sunday is always observed. Whether we're going wrestling, the coaches, we're taking our kids to church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think you get that in every small community, but I think that God element has to be put first. I think it needs to be talked about, and I think that's a great question because 
I, you know, I ran into a family here about, a, I'd say, three, four, five months ago. I said, you know, when we go on vacation, we don't go to church. And I said, really? Wow. Why would you say that? And they said, well, we're vacation is our time to relax. Well, do we take a vacation from God? Never. Never. Mm-mm. That is correct. So what, what you're saying then, parents who... Uh, let's say they have an activity going on on a Sunday morning, they need to really take stock as to what is the priority. Absolutely. Uh, parents in rural or in urban areas like in Fargo, we have a lot of choices. We we can go to Mass later in the evening. We can, A lot of times we can go to Saturday Mass. We can find a Mass where it doesn't conflict, but still, should you still be doing that activity on a Sunday morning? I, I think... You know, from a parent perspective, and I'm sorry, Father Pfeiffer, I'm going to just interject here because as a parent, if it was church or the activity, my kid's not playing. I mean, and that's, we as parents need to take a stand because that's what Father Pfeiffer's also saying. It's like, who are we? Well, who are we as parents that that would even be in question? You know, for my family, it'd be like, well, you can play in this tournament, but tell the coach you're not at this game. You know, and that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, and, and and I think I think there's a lot of truth in that because if I'm replacing, you know, I am the Lord your God, what becomes the God? Exactly. Mm-hmm. You should yeah. not have strange gods before me. Mm-hmm. You know, we we hear about this in you know other gods. You got sex. You got money. You got uh, possessions. You got, but who is the God? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's I, where yesterday the the, the Lord and the and the and the, and the fool says where your heart is right where is your heart what's what's rich in the heart of god and i'll guarantee you that the child probably is going to be okay with it it's the parents mm-hmm. we need to work on <laughs> so <laughs> i'm sorry if, if more parents make a stand maybe exactly. they won't schedule the games that's my um, point exactly. on, on yeah. the sunday morning well we have another question on facebook so karen on facebook thank you so much her question, as a parent, how can I encourage a young teenage boy who's 13 who is considering the priesthood? That is a great question. <laughs> I believe many are called, few are chosen. The passage from Scripture is really at the heart of what's going on. And the only way that you are going to ever discover your vocation is if you take silence before God. I think our culture is scared of silence. As you talk about activities, mm-hmm. we're getting our kids extended because they need to learn how to communicate. They need to. These are all great things, but if we're depriving ourselves and our heart the one-on-one time with God, mm-hmm. how do I encourage that? We encourage silence. You know, I've got, we started Life Teen in Napoleon last year, and six of our kids started going to weekly adoration. One of the girls was talking about who's a senior in high school, that's my favorite hour now of the week. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I don't have to perform before God. I just have to come, and bear me. my heart, give it over to him, and allow, and that would be my biggest encouragement for this caller because the idea is, you know, are we taking time for silence? Mm-hmm. Why? Because God could be calling your child at age 13. That child is never still or calm enough to even hear or respond, will they? And obviously, the, the, the old cliche is prayer. And that, one, that one's always used when talked about vocations. 
pray with your child, pray as a family, pray as a married couple. And I always tell young parents, especially as they start uh, sacramental prep, start praying for your child's vocation in second grade. Mm -hmm. If they're called to marry, start praying for their spouse. If they're called to priesthood or religious life, start praying that they will be able to answer and hear. Mm -hmm. And that's our number one role as parents is to help our child discern. I mean, at least give the tools so that they can ultimately discern those. And they will never be fulfilled unless they do what God is calling them to do. Right. Uh, I, was, I, I wrote a story for the um, uh, New Earth magazine uh, about uh, vocations and seminarians. And one thing that Father Metzger, our, voc our vocation director, said was that uh, they really look at uh, young men who already have a prayer life. And that we can do as parents. We can help our children develop that prayerful life, correct? Right, right. And prayer, and the type of prayer for, for me to discern, was to be able to go inside my heart. When am I agitated? How am I talking to God about my agitation? When, and starting to recognize, when am I joyful? When am I happy? Mm -hmm. Those were always the moments that I was the closest to God. Oh, that's beautiful, Father Pfeiffer. We want to ask our callers, 877-795-0122. We just have a few minutes here, so if you get your calls in or on Facebook, your questions or, or even comments, it doesn't have to be a question. Maybe it's something you want to talk about that's going on in the world. Uh, get Father Neil Pfeiffer's take on that. Uh, it could be just something that uh, you'd like us to pray for. Uh, you certainly can send your prayer intentions, and we would love to pray f with you on that. So 877-795-0122. Well, we were talking about having that quiet time. But kids are kids, right? They also need to uh, have that activity time and uh, uh, you know, outdoor fun. Uh, I'm sure uh, there's a lot of going on in Napoleon, as all in other communities, uh, especially in the summertime, getting the kids involved in outdoor activities before school starts. Is that an, an important thing in their spiritual life as well, do you think? Absolutely. Last night I was, I was sitting down with a family, a, a mother, and she had three grown children with uh, all of her grandchildren sitting there, and one of the parents said, you know, I can't wait till August 20th when our kids get back in the oh, classroom. <laughs> and the idea, the idea was, this time of the year, they go so rambunctious. Are activities important? Yeah, because it keeps their mind. keeps their mind occupied. It keeps them tempered. All things in moderation. Prayer, fun, activities. Moderation. Now, if I were to play golf all day, every day, what would, that do? What would that do to my priesthood? Now, if I were to golf and maybe do a holy hour and maybe get to somebody's house you can cover quite a bit of ground to be able to do things in moderation now if i was just going visiting people straight through and i never prayed how effective of a pastor would i be yeah and i think i think that that summer activities yes so important because as summer wraps down as they enter into the classroom they're back into the back into the routine mm -hmm. And I think last week, traditionally, last weekend, I saw a report was the busiest travel weekend of the summer. Statistically, that, that first weekend in August. Mm -hmm. Because things, it's like it's our last hurrah. Let's go somewhere. Let's do something. Because once activities in the school start, the books start, yeah, it gets tough to plan that. I, I always dreaded that first day of school. I just loved having my kids home, and I just dreaded, dreaded, dreaded it. 
and it took me a week to get over the fact that they were back in school. <laughs> I just love my, that was the best thing was being a mom. Um, we have another question. Uh, she's not on the phone, but um, in the first reading this past Sunday, what was meant by all things are vanity? All things are vanity. All things are passing. That's the best way, the simplest way to put it. All things are passing. We're not meant for this world. We're meant for heaven. And everything in this world is passing. And as we're all passing, we're passing where? Hopefully into eternity. All things are vanity. Things of this world aren't going to make us happy. All things are vanity. What in this world is going to make us happy? There's nothing happier for us than to be in heaven and united with God. And when you look at the gospel and they talk about uh, the rich man who had such a great harvest, and then he said, well, I'm going to build bigger bins and I'm going to store it and I'm going to have all this. And what did the Lord say to him? You fool, this night your life will be demanded of you. Now what do you have? Exactly. Even the grain bins will be vanity. Why? Because those two are passing. We can't take it with us. That's why the question is, it's not how many possessions do I have. Rather, what's going on in my heart? Mm-hmm. How am I being Christ to others? All things are vanity. All things are passing. Because we're, heaven is our true home, as St. Paul tells us. So don't be uh, jealous of your neighbor's possessions. Uh, don't be, you know, that's a sin right there. Oh, it, no. is, it is, but it's yes. tough. It's tough for yeah. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's tough because they look at it and it's like, well, how come I don't man up to be good enough? What's wrong with me? Yeah. You know, I saw a great quote last week. Don't compare your children. Why? Because the sun and the moon give light in their proper time. Mm-hmm. Our children will shine in the proper time if we allow that. That's, that's very good. That's, that's good very to know. beautiful. Yeah. Very beautiful. Well, we just have about five minutes left, so 877-795-0122. Uh, please join us from around our listening area to ask Father Pfeiffer a question or just join in the conversation of what's going on in the world. I think, um, you know, this tournament, uh, helping to support youth programs, is such a fantastic thing. Thing We see so much trouble in our world today, and especially for our youth. We even think of the young people who, you know, that carnage that happened. Young people. That yeah, were last weekend. Last weekend we just had a group of, uh, I think it was 25, who went down to Steubenville. The conference down at St. Thomas in Minneapolis. The gym was packed. We, we, they ran out of tickets. And there was three more kids who still wanted to go, and it's like we couldn't get them in. They come home, they're lit up on fire the Saturday night, um, Eucharistic procession through the gymnasium, livens the crowd. I think keeping kids connected is so important, even like even a Bible study. or um, We're taking a group down to NCYC in Indianapolis in November mm-hmm. from our parish. And the thing is, is the more we can expose them to Christ, we just have to bring them to Christ. Christ does the work. Right. It's not what we do. Mm-hmm. How do we engage them? Someone did something very special in your parish that allowed you to bring kids to Rome. Is that right? That's correct. Every year, our seniors get a free trip to Rome if they go through CCD through the 12th grade. And actually, it's been several benefactors because some of the families are now starting to pay it forward because their kids have been recipients. And we walk in the footsteps of St. Philip Neri, our, our patron saint, who is a second grade apostle to Rome. And the idea is taking them to Rome. We have a senior retreat. They go to CCD. They fulfill the obligations of the benefactor. A free trip. 
You know what? I watched conversion happen over there mm -hmm. with the seniors. In fact, I had one girl stop me after Mass yesterday, and it's like, Father, after that trip, I don't know how anybody can lose their faith. After that trip, why is it after that trip? Because she saw the St. Peter, the St. John Paul II, the St. Paul. She saw the tombs. She visited the tombs. It made it real for it her. It became very real. That's just <laughs> what I was thinking, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, all of us, you know, when there are these tragedies in the world, it's like you think of the baby. You think of the baby being born, that young child, that perfect gift from God, and what happens. And it is. It's our hearts, and it's being uh, separated from God. And so the more we can get our youth into these programs and knowing Christ and having the relationship with Him, obviously they have a role in receiving that. Mm -hmm. But we need to make these opportunities available. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there's even a, an opportunity in Duluth. Uh, a listener is uh, bringing this up. In Duluth, there's an event called Theology Uncapped, which brings together a priest and a Lutheran pastor to talk about topics that both don't have a common understanding on. Uh, can you, Father Pfeiffer, talk about the importance of being able to have dialogue with our brothers and sisters, even if we are on different faiths. You know, that's what evangelization is all about. Mm -hmm. um, we had an event in our town, uh, I don't know, it was maybe March. And I happened to be at that event, and it happened to be in a bar setting. And you go down there, and it's like, yeah, who's going to come to me? I mean, just going to go participate, and you know, there's a few parishioners. After the event, I had a lady come up and start talking to me about the faith. And it's like, really? And I said, what faith background are you? She said, I'm of no faith. Hmm. Really? So I said, just a simple question. I'm not trying to impose on you. Where do you want to be buried someday? In a rock pile? In a cemetery? What is your view on God? Do you even want a funeral? And that's all I talked to this lady about. And we had a common dialogue. She came into my office three weeks ago. She wants to start RCIA. Oh, it's beautiful. Why? Because, you know what? I'm approachable. She saw me down there in my clerics. You know what? Here's a pr I'm not going to stop in that man's office. I'm not going to talk to him at the hardware store or the grocery store. I took the purpose. It's like, you know, I know you work in this office in town, and, you know, and she's the one that's like, you know, how do you evangelize? Evangelization is so important because Christ said... There's, he prayed for the one church on the night of the Last Supper. Mm -hmm. There was one church for 1,517 years. One church. Today in America, we have 40,000 churches that call themselves Christian. 40,000. There was one church till 1517. What happened? People don't get along. Well, if there was one church, one faith, the question to ask then is, who started your church? And I'm not putting any other religions down. We could use King Henry VIII on the sin of adultery. He didn't get an element from Rome. What did he do? Well, I'm breaking away. I want to start my own or I'm going to get married. I want to do my own thing. Really? No. Jesus and the 12 start your church. That's important because to enter into that dialogue that you are doing, that's where the dialogue happens. The Lutherans aren't going to come to my office as a Catholic priest and say, Father, what's your view on purgatory and what's your view on Mary? No, we have to get out and when it, be normal. As Monsignor Richter says, be normal. And then just little nuggets, give them something to think about. We all can uh, can be part of apologetics, can't we? We we all can evangelize. Absolutely. Uh, just just be open, listening to other people, um, and 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 just discuss just just discuss what you believe with them. Well, you may be challenged. Yeah. 
And that's what's so beautiful about Real Presence Radio. I mean, that gives such an opportunity to, to learn those apologetics, to learn what it is we believe, and then how to articulate and speak to it. And it all has to be in our heart, mind, and soul. Right. You know, we need to just always be striving to learn. There's no way I will ever, ever know everything there is to know about the faith. But to be, keep trying, keep trying, and keep growing is, is my prayer and my hope. And ask the Holy Spirit to help, right, Father? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and and you, you are very close to the Holy Spirit. You are very knowledgeable of yeah. the works of the Holy Spirit. Uh, oh, yeah. And I've, I've heard you say to many that just let him do the work through you. Yeah. And that's even that's the biggest encouragement to, to uh, parents with children. You bring them to Jesus, you get out of the way. You don't micromanage them. And that, that's don't, a good point. Yeah. You bring is. your child to Jesus, you get out of the way. Well, we only have 30 seconds, and hopefully we can find you a different hat uh, here. <laughs> There's nothing better than the one I got on. Come well, on. A Real Presence Radio oh. Network hat works way better than the Bears. <laughs> Stop, Bears. But thank you so much for all who have called and wrote in your questions. 